Hi everyone and welcome to Let's Get Visible, a podcast for small business owners helping them to grow, have a sustainable business and get more visibility online. I'm Dawes Brown and I'll be bringing you SEO and digital marketing tips as well as interviews and conversations with other small business owners. So let's get started. So today I'm joined by Carolyn Butler-Madden. She is an author, speaker, founder and chief purpose activist at The Cause Effect, which is a purpose consultancy. She believes in a world where business is a force for good and brands drive profit through purpose. She helps business leaders define their purpose and integrate it strategically into their brand and business in a way that results in meaningful social impact, as well as driving competitive advantage through brand differentiation and employee engagement. Her mission is to make social purpose a vital part of doing business in Australia and beyond. Carolyn's Amazon best-selling book, Path to Purpose, is Australia's first book on this subject. She's also a contributing author to the international best-selling Better Business, Better Life, Better World, the movement book. So let's welcome to the Let's Get Visible podcast, Carolyn. Yay! <laughs> Welcome, welcome. I am super excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much. I'm super excited to be here too. Yay. Now, we originally met through um, Bambuda Group and it's been a lovely um, developing, you know, friendship and relationship particularly through the last couple of months where we've all been in lockdown, um, you know, getting used to the new normal. And yeah, I've really, really enjoyed our weekly hugs and catch-ups and you've been just such an awesome support um, through that hug and through that group. So the the listeners are really in for a treat today because your wisdom, experience, um, and all the things that you chat to us about in a, you know, a group setting, um, yeah, just always resonate so well. And I know that lots of people will um, get a lot of gold out of our catch-up today. Oh, thank you. It's been, it's been good being part of that hug or cuddle, the yes. bamboo to cuddle. Yes. Um, and just, yeah, connecting with um, women doing many different things. So, um, so yeah. Excellent. Now, we do have a couple of questions just to keep us on track because you know that I can talk underwater. So at least if we've got um, some guidelines and some questions here, we can yeah, absolutely stay on, on the path. Um, so the first one that I had for you was about your own business journey. So why did you decide to launch your own business? Um, well, launching... Oh, this business isn't, wasn't my first business. Okay. Yep. Um, so my, the first business I owned Mm -hmm. was a a marketing agency, a creative marketing agency called triad that I was offered partnership in. Right. So I'd come back, I'd been living in the UK for 14 years, came back to Australia, moved to Sydney and, um, worked for a couple of years for a small agency and I was offered partnership and it, it was just easy and I did it, you know, and, um, and the career I'd been in was 
you know, the agency world, working with big brands, helping them drive sales. And I loved it. And so um, it just seemed like a natural next step and it fell into place and I did that. And it, it's, um, it, it kind of, it, it's been a, it's been a bloody roller coaster. <laughs> I'm sure your listeners can relate to because that is business. It is. Um, And so I was a 50% partner Mm -hmm. with someone else who became a friend and and we built the agency up from a small six-person agency to a 25-person agency. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. working with brands like Pepsi, Cadbury, Panasonic, Microsoft, just the big brands from all the different categories. Yes. And doing great work. Um, And then he got sick. Um, And he's fine now, but he got sick and he had to step away. And he wanted me to buy him up. And... Um, it's not something I really wanted to do. He was a friend and he yeah. was sick. And so we, we worked through this whole sort of um, complex arrangement because I couldn't afford to buy him out. So he let Anyway, it's a long story. But, um, but what I didn't realise, because he managed all the finances, what I didn't realise was we were in a bad way. Wow. So I inherited... I did all the client service stuff, the sales marketing, or you know, the client work. Yes. And um, and I inherited an absolute mess. And I had three years of just. I thought we were going to go under. We went from twenty five people down to five people. I was doing it on my own. It was like the hardest three, four years of my life. Actually, longer. I didn't take a holiday for six years. Oh. Um, and yeah, so kind of pulled us out, just, just worked hard, like worked my guts out, mm. um, managed to pull us out of, you know, what was a really dangerous place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it kind of then moved into um, someone else said, look, you know, um, let's go into business together. And so we relaunched the agency and it was a smaller eight-person agency, I think it was. So I built it up again. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it, it, it was this ride that just happened and mm-hmm. continued without any real conscious passion or desire to create something of my own. It was one yeah. of these things that happened. Yeah. And um, built it all up again, you know, created a successful $1 million agency, had, you know, seven to eight employees going really well. And then the rug got pulled again. <laughs> And it was just nothing I could have done to to have a different outcome. So we had a client, a big client who we'd had for 20 years, mm-hmm. and they had a change of management. Right. And that change of management decided to bring in new things, um, even though we had actually won all their business from, or a whole lot of their business from their big brand agency and delivered amazing results, they decided they wanted to change things up. So we lost that client a month later. Um, another telco client I was working with, they changed owners in Canada Mm -hmm. and they came over and got rid of the CEO and everything just stopped. And so that went. And then six months later, a new client who we'd um, built a brilliant reputation with 
um, decided to shut down their Sydney office and um, move move the business to Melbourne, um, consolidate it in Melbourne. And it was kind of like, what the hell is going on? Just dropping bombs left, right and centre. Yeah, yeah, those were our three core retained clients. Wow. Yep. And it was just like, you know, having been on that roller coaster before. Yes. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I realised I had to rebuild it again. And it was at that moment that I just asked myself the question, do you want to do this? And, you know, I knew, I know what it takes to build something up from scratch. Yep. Um, I knew I could do it, but I also knew it would just be so intense. You know, I, I, my family, um, you know, they lost me for a long time in that yes. first round. Yeah. And, and I just thought, you know, I don't know if I really do. I've always loved what I did, but I don't, I didn't know if I was ready to do that all again. And it made me ask the question, well, what do you want to do? Yes. And I had been, um, I had been for the past few years trying to steer the agency down a path of, of purpose, social purpose and cause marketing. Mm -hmm. And it was too early for Australia. And, you know, we'd had some wins, but it was just to go all into that then, it was too early for Australia. But I was talking about it all the time. And it actually felt like, the universe going to me, no, oh, you talk the big talk, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> let's see, let's see how much yeah. this is talk. And, and the answer was, yeah, I know exactly what I want to do. Yeah. I want to go down this route. I believe, you know, I, I do, I believe business can and should be a force for good. And I believe brands and marketing. Yes. Um, uh, what can drive profit through purpose and create a better world and create better business. And it's just win-win all around. And, and I thought, yeah, do you know what? That's what I want to do. It, maybe it's still too early for Australia. Um, I can't do it with employees. I've got to start from scratch. Yeah. And so um, that's what I did. I started from scratch, came home Yep. set up at home and I had no idea what it was going to look like. So that was really the first time I did something with intention. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that kind of was like, Oh, do you want to join, you know, become a partner in my business or, you know, everything's coming down on me like a ton of bricks and I just have to fight to, have to survive. Yeah. yeah. And someone yep. else going, let's go into partnership together. So all of those things before, were kind of, you know, the path opening up and me going, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. But this was the first time that I did it with intention. Yes. Not knowing how it was going to go. Yep. And what it was going to look like. Yeah, yep. not knowing what it was going to look like. It was like, what, what is this thing? <laughs> And, um, and I threw myself into a business program at the same time, which was incredible um, and, and really hard um, and probably not the best thing to do when you've got nil income. Yes. Um, but I did it anyway <laughs> and survived it. And, um, and then, you know, things became 
became clearer. At first, I thought I was building another agency. Yep. Then I realized, no, it's a consultancy because agencies also need help with this and I need to be able to partner with them, you know, yes. if they're open to it. Yep. And not to be a competitive threat to them. Yes. Um, and I wrote my book and the process of writing the book and doing the research led me down the route of um, looking at who is doing this brilliantly. And I've got 14 examples. Half of them are global, half of them are Australian businesses and brands. Wonderful. And yep. deconstructing, you know, all the stuff that they've done to be successful in this area and putting it together in a methodology, which is now... Um, that's been an evolution. It's now my path to purpose program. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and yeah, it's, it, it hasn't been an easy journey, but it, I've never doubted. I've never doubted it. And yep. I've always thrown myself into my work before, but I have an energy that I didn't even know I had. Yes. Because you know, I'm doing something, it, it, it's bigger than me. And it just, you know, it, it, I, I do get a little bit obsessive about it. As my yep. daughter keeps saying, it's like, yep. shut <laughs> your bloody computer down. Oh, yep. <laughs> my cat does that for me. So yeah, some people call it passion. I call it being possessed as well. So when I go into you my, get it, you, you do, get it. I do. When I go into SEO mode, particularly when I'm running um, online sessions or coaching, I turn into this possessed person um, who just cannot, you know, shut up about it. And yeah, it's like absolutely, you know, being taken over. So. Yeah. But so many nuggets that you've shared there. Um, and I recently just recorded The Power of Saying No, which was a little short and sharp episode on the Let's Get Visible podcast about the fact that when we do go into business, whether it's for ourselves or whether it's in partnership, we tend to say yes to a lot of things, which is what you've highlighted, um, as you mentioned in your first, you know, I guess, journey into going into running your own business, being that partner and saying, yes, yes, sure, sure. But when we do that, what we're also doing then is saying no to the things that are right for us but we've got to go through that journey and that roller coaster ride before we can understand what it is that we do want and what yes. it is that we don't want yes and same with me like i did not have a cruisy start when i launched my own business but it was through those experiences and those speed bumps that allowed me to understand what I did want. And then once I could define that, the universe, same, you know, as what you mentioned, the universe went, well, finally, you crazy girl. Like, <laughs> you finally know what you want. And because you know what you want and because you're now clear on your purpose, I can start to deliver all of those other wonderful things that happen as a result of you knowing what it is that you actually want and what you don't want. Absolutely. Um, and as you said, doing that with purpose is. But, but there's also, I also think there's knowing yes. and there's doing. So, you know, I, I think, I think some people get to the point where they know this is something that they want to do. Yes. There is, there are many things that stop them from doing it, particularly probably one of the biggest things is the unknown. Yes. 
And it's scary. I, yeah. And I've got something called my Hyde Park Corner moments. So when I lived in London, do you know Hyde Park Corner? I do. Yeah. Okay. So I'd be driving in my little car and I'd come up to Hyde Park Corner and it, it, I don't know what it's like now, but back then it was just the busiest roundabout ever. Yes. <laughs> and I'd be sitting there, I had my little red Mazda MX-5 and I'd be sitting there waiting to get Around. onto it. Yeah. And there's no let up, right? No. None. <laughs> None. And you're sitting there and people are waiting for you and it's like, oh my God, I'm going to be here all day. Yeah. And I, I, I can't believe I did this, but I know I did it three times yeah. where there was just no let up. And I just thought, I've just got to go. I've got to go. And yep. so literally I just took a deep breath, hunched my shoulders, you know, and tensed floored. my body <laughs> and floored. <laughs> I love it. And, and I never hit, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> but to me, that's an analogy for moments in my life. And there have been a few where I've gone, this is what I want to do. This is what I believe I should do. Yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get hit, you know, what's going to happen. But you just take a leap of faith and you kind of, you know, close your You take that deep breath, you close your eyes and you step out or you put your foot on the accelerator. <laughs> and, and I think you need to have some of those moments in your Absolutely. life where you step into the unknown. Yep. And just put faith that whatever happens, happens yep. and will happen for a reason. And don't anybody go and do that on a roundabout. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks of the Griswold European holiday. I'm pretty sure um, <laughs> that the dad went around that roundabount. I don't know why, but it's just, that, I just kept getting flashbacks of yeah, the Griswolds and yeah, trying to go around and around that roundabout and just not being able to get off. So they spent 24 hours, um, you know, doing that. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah. it's so true. It's so true. And sometimes you've just got to go for it. Um, another point that you've mentioned that is so important is that it's good to know what you want, but you need to take action. So yeah. I totally believe in the whole law of attraction, you know, thing and, and process and how that works, but you can't just sit there wishing and wanting and knowing there has to be action to back up what it is that you know or feel that you want to do. So, yeah, yeah I think that's a really um, important takeaway from this as well. Yeah. Now, can you – I did do a bit of an introduction um, about your background and about your business, but I guess can you share a little bit more about your process and how it is that you help um, and serve your people and your audience with what you do? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'll, I'll start with my people, right? Yes. Um, and I talk a lot about people like us. So yep. I'm a big Seth Godin fan. If yep. anyone doesn't know Seth Godin, I'm, I'm sure you do, but he's a marketing guru, author, you know, multiple best-selling author. Yes. And he just has brilliant nuggets of wisdom. And he talks a lot about your people like us. Mm -hmm. So people like us do things like this. And he says, and I believe this 100%, that the days of mass marketing are over. Yep. You know, get over it. Yep. If you're mass marketing, you are, you know, compromising who you appeal to because you're trying to appeal to as many people as possible. 
Yep. And in that process, you become vanilla and you appeal to nobody. Yes. And, you know, it begs the question, how many clients or customers do you need? Yes. Most of us don't need millions. No. We just need some quality, brilliant clients who we can serve amazing value to, who love what we do, get huge value out of what we do, and then go and sing our praises and tell everybody else about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's yeah. all we need. And those are our people like us. Um, yes. And my people like us are um, mostly based on narrative. They're people who want to be successful in business. They're driven by success more than money. Yep. Um, and they want to create something meaningful. Yes. Okay. And they have this belief that business is there for more than just profit, but they probably don't quite know how to articulate it. They don't know how to um, bring it to life in that way. They don't know how to find their way through yep that idea um so so yeah for those people like us um i i offer a few things so i have uh some workshops i have my path to purpose program initially my um my core target client would be a medium-sized business even though my background is working with big businesses but I find now that I'm working with big brands, mm -hmm. I'm working with my core medium-sized client, and I'm now even working with small businesses because COVID-19 has kind of forced me to look at how I do this and I've started doing group programs. Amazing. And it really excites me because it allows me to help um, the business leaders who are more agile and ready to do things very quickly. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so the process is it starts with, so the path to process methodology, I'll take you through that first. And then I want to zero in on brand because it all starts there. Yeah. So the methodology starts with brand positioning. You know, you can't just go, okay, we'll plug something in. We'll write a purpose statement and that means we'll be a purpose-led business or a purpose-led brand. And I, I wrote a post um, the other day saying, I'm declaring war on, I passive, yep. on, on passive purpose statements. They do my head in and you yep. see them everywhere, Yes, especially from big businesses. And they're not purpose statements. They're statements of context. And they're not walking the walk, are they? No, some of, some, of, some of them are, some of yep. them are starting to, but for most of them, it's a statement of context for their products or services. Yeah. And, you know, they position it as a purpose statement and it's like, nah, does it drive action? Does it energize your people? You know, yep. does it, does it drive innovation in your business? Um, does it create meaningful impact? to society beyond just selling your products and services. If you can't say yes to that, then it's not true purpose statement, not in the, not in the meaning of the word as it is, um, as it is expected to mean today. Or intended. Yep. Yeah. To, to the people who are actually looking for businesses like this. Yes. That's what they expect. They don't expect just this passive statement so brand positioning is the most important part of this 
it's about making your purpose central to your brand and defining and articulating a purpose that has to be backed up by action. Yes. Can't be passive. Yep. Okay. So brand positioning is the first module of the program. The second one is people and culture. And this is about inspiring and unifying your people around this. And I find with your medium sized and larger businesses, people will come with ideas. You know, they will go, hey, we can do this, we can do that. And that's where the gold is when, when you can start to do that. So bringing them in and getting them to own it and to start looking at how they're going to um, bring it to life through the business is absolutely vital. The third piece is um, marketing and communications. Um, so that's obvious. How are you going to do it? And a lot of people say to me, yeah, but we're doing good things, but how do we market it in a way that, you know, isn't about tr blowing our own trumpet? Yeah, because that can be hard. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it's simple. It's don't blow your own trumpet. You know, stop thinking about how you tell people about the good you're doing. Start thinking about, what do you want to achieve? You know, what is the impact you want to create? What is a, put a goal around it, a goal that scares the bejesus <laughs> out of you. Yeah. Because, and, and that's, that's genuine. I want a goal that scares you because it's going to force you to think differently about how you're going to achieve it. If you think you can just write a check and that delivers on the goal, then you're not doing anything. Yeah. So have a goal that scares you and then invite people to come and help you achieve it. Love it. Which is totally different to saying, oh, look, we're supporting this cause or this charity. Aren't we great? Yeah. Pat on the head. <laughs> it, 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 it's different. It's like this is what we want to do. Come and join us. And if you've got your people like us, you know, who share that vision and the value and your values, they'll come and help you do it. Absolutely. So that's the marketing and comms pillar. And then there's customer experience. So how are you building it into the customer journey in a way that engages and interacts with your prospects and your customers um, that they can be a part of it? So that's the customer experience part. Then the next part is partners in purpose. So who are your partners? Obviously, you, you, you need to look at your impact partners, but beyond impact partners, who will help you amplify your message? So when you are led with purpose, you're not directly selling your products and services, right? Mm -hmm. So other businesses who share your vision are much more likely to want to help you get your message out there. I agree. Um, an example that I use all the time because it's just such a brilliant example is Airbnb. Mm -hmm. So Airbnb, their purpose is to help people feel like they can belong anywhere. And they've created this movement around hashtag we accept. So in the US, when Trump came in, it was about standing up for multiculturalism and, you know, immigration because Trump was shutting down um, borders um, and, and stopping people from mainly Muslim countries coming in. Here in Australia, they turned the, the lens onto marriage equality. Mm 
Mm -hmm. So the LGBTQI community had really supported Airbnb when they launched in Australia. They were the first adopters. So they'd been sponsors of Mardi Gras and everything like that. So they brought We Accept to Life by shining a light on marriage equality mm-hmm. and supporting the Yes Vote for Marriage Equality. And um, they created this um, ring. They designed a ring with a gap in it. And um, that gap symbolised the gap in marriage equality. And the campaign was all around until we all belong. We will wear this ring as a symbol of our belief in marriage equality. Right. And it was a beautiful campaign. Yeah. And they made the ring available for free. And so you would, I had my ring on and I'd see people sitting on the bus. You didn't need to say anything to each other. You just knew. Yeah. And, um, and so they put all their money into producing these rings. I think they sent out 200,000 rings. Wow. Um, and they didn't have any money for media. So they're in my book. I interviewed them for this. And, um, and they said, okay, let's look at how else we get the message out there. So they looked to other businesses who also believed in marriage equality. They looked at Qantas. Mm-hmm. Alan Joyce, great supporter of marriage equality. Yep. So Qantas gave them media channels for free. So they gave them the backs of their boarding passes to communicate the campaign. Um, ANZ, fellow sponsors of Mardi Gras, gave them 1,500 ATMs around the country to communicate the message. Wow. Fairfax gave them display advertising. Marie Claire gave them a six-page spread. Google gave them their top 25 YouTube influencers. Doors, they unlocked $7 million of media value for zip, for nothing. Oh, my goodness. That's making my head spin. So that's very, yeah, very aligned, very yeah. clever, but just doing it, in, as you said, such a authentic We're talking about getting visible, getting yes. visible, right? Yes. And when what you are way. leading, when you're leading with purpose, when you are using your business to create something good in the world, you will find others who want to help you achieve it. Yep. And there are many more communication mediums than just TV, YouTube, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Look around you. They're all around you. Everything is a medium. Yes. Even your coffee cup. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, purpose, real meaningful purpose, that people will get behind. You will find partners so that's the partners in purpose pillar oh i love it (laughs) (laughs) and then the final pillar is impact and performance and this is about metrics it's about what is your social impact goal you know is it a 10-year goal is it a two or three year goal is it a one-year goal it doesn't matter but have a goal because that's going to inspire action and movement and let's look at your commercial metrics because this should be giving you a definite competitive advantage. It should be driving growth for your business. It should yep. be attracting quality employees and retaining them and getting them so invested in your business because they believe in what you stand for that they are super productive. Yep. Um, so you want to measure all those things. You want to measure your brand health, your sales, your brand sociability, your employee engagement and NPS score and all of that sort of stuff. 
and you want to look at what you're doing well in, what needs to shift and refine your strategy. And so that is the Path to Purpose program. Um, and yeah. So many nuggets in that and, and we cross over in lots of ways. I know we do a different um, area of business, I guess, but it's also something that I encourage with my clients and even for myself, as you said, you know, small to medium businesses, it's not about getting um, double or triple, you know, the, the visibility if that's not going to result in actually getting the right people connecting with your business and your brand. Yes. So it's looking at the quality versus the quantity. And I go on about this topic so much in my posts. Um, um, and blogs and all sorts of things because, yeah, small to medium business, it's not about growing in that way. It's about making sure the people you're working with, it's a relationship. You're working side by side, not in front or on top or behind, but, you know, side by side. And that makes all the difference um, with you know, maintaining and growing collaboration, and collaboration, you know, you don't need to necessarily scale, but you need to have that pathway and know what those long-term goals are. And each and every person that you work with, whether it's a collaboration or a client should be helping you towards achieving that goal. It's something that you're working on together. So yes. lots of things where, yeah, again, we're in two different sort of areas. Um, but yeah, again, crossing over a lot in regards to, you know, that purpose and understanding the, the difference between what quality is versus quantity. And you're going to get those better outcomes and longer lasting outcomes if you're focusing on that quality aspect rather than just growing um, you know, in numbers and yeah. things like that. So amazing. Now you did touch on in the first um, part of your business journey about, I guess, the roller coaster um, that you went through going up and going down and around. Um, is there anything in hindsight that you would do differently and why? Yeah, I reckon there are a few things Yep. But, um, and it goes back to what you said before about saying no. Um, and this is going to sound counterintuitive to what I do, but I think it's so important is I would be more selfish. Love it. You know, I <laughs> yep. seriously, I feel like I have supported so many other people's agenda. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like um, responsible for, um, you know, success for, you know, to look after them. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I've compromised my own family for that sometimes. And I look back and I just think far out, like I've made a lot of money for a lot of people. Yep. Um, and <laughs> I haven't made it as much for us, no. um, but, 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 you know, but it's not just about money anyway, it's, it's time and everything else. And I, honestly, I think, I think I'm not saying be selfish, but put your own oxygen mask on first. A hundred percent. Oh, my neck, my neck's hurting. Cause I'm vigorously nodding. Um, that really resonates 
with me and I know we've chatted about it in our cuddles as well but yes it's that staying online until nine o'clock ten o'clock at night because we don't know how to say no and we're putting yeah. other people's needs and wants before our own well-being yeah. Um, it's not even about the dollars, as you said, it's not about the money. It's actually about, you know, when we're doing that and we're putting other people before ourselves, putting their oxygen masks on before we put on our own, that's time taken away from friends, family, your kids, you know, yeah. and all that comes with that. And yeah, you start to feel this, I know I do, I get parent guilt where I think, oh my goodness, I've just spent 12 hours on this computer today trying to meet everyone else's yep. goals um, and what they want to achieve, but it's not actually a good thing because it's impacting other parts of my life and that parent guilt, yeah, is is quite heavy and quite strong and as you know, being a mum too, you look back and you think, oh, you know, they've just turned 18 or they've just turned 25. And those years, you, you that time you just can't get back. You know, no. the minute that we're in right now, once this minute is gone, it's gone. Yeah. And it's worth more than any amount of money in the yes. world. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think, I think that's something that people are feeling more with COVID-19 yes. as well in just, you know, having some time back and, yeah. and starting to question this relentless automation of work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, we do things, we do things without question. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yes. you know, we, we, we do whatever society expects of us without question. I think, I think we ought to, I think we've got to question things more, you know, I agree. Are they, are they right for us? Yep. And why, you know, yeah. why do it? What's the intention? What's the purpose? What's the goal and what's the outcome? Yeah. And we've really got to weigh up what that means to us. Yeah. Not just from a dollar sign figure, but what impact is it having on other areas because saying yes to those things means that we're saying no to other things yeah. Yeah. and we just can never get that time back. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now in relation to, I guess your visibility and the way in which you've built your own business, what would you say have been the most effective ways that you've been able to do that? And I guess practicing you know, what you share and what you teach, how has that been, you know, valuable for your own purpose and your own business to grow that and to spread the word about what you do? Yeah, great question. Um, for me, I think um, writing my book was, um, it wasn't just about visibility for me, but writing my book was, it was, it, 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 it forced me to research. It forced me to um, to go much deeper on a subject that I thought I knew really well. I had, you know, you can't write a book and just put in a little bit of fluff here and there. You've you've got to justify it. You've got to research. You've got to go deeper. So, so writing the book um, was connected me to my purpose even more strongly love it um, than I had before yeah. and the outcome 
was more visibility, not just because of the book, but because of the process of writing the book had, had, had informed me better, had, um, yeah, just had, had taken me down this path of, of learning stuff and understanding stuff and wanting to share it with people. So, so talking about visibility, it's like, it's like, I want to stand on a soapbox and say, people, you need to understand this opportunity. This isn't about, you know, doing some nice, good stuff. Yeah. This is about um, building better businesses that serve people better, that serve society. And when you do that, you're going to have a successful business. It's a no-brainer, right? Yep. And I just want to smash this idea of, yeah, look, it's not a priority. Uh, we'll do it later. Um, so, so back to your question. I'm getting on my soapbox again. Sorry. Yeah, it I love shot. how you get possessed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I see so much in that. <laughs> what happens to me when I get on my soapbox? So go for it. So, so, so that's the answer to the question. Yep. When you care yes. passionately about something and when you believe that people need to understand this because they're going to benefit from it, um, then you become more vi visible so organically before, yeah so before this i hated speaking you know really because, oh i hated speaking you're an because, awesome speaker i've seen you speak at events so you're oh, thank bloody you. awesome but i was i'd be just like nervous as hell and it would be i would hate 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 it because then it was about me yes I can relate and, to that. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. when it's not about you, yes. when, when the energy is on people need to understand this because things need to change, yeah. then that changes. So now I love speaking and, you know, I'll speak anywhere, anytime, <laughs> any, any place. Yep. <laughs> any place. Yep. Um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn a lot um so i i write a lot of posts and things like that i share stuff um i'm on a mission to to get people to understand this i recently launched uh, you know um gsd get shit done that yeah yep so lots of business owners talk about yeah gsd we got a gsd gsd yep and um so i've 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 created something else it's called dgs do good shit. Ah, I'm going to use that one. <laughs> so DGS, DGS and I've got a web page. We've put it on a web page. Now we have um, been building a database of businesses um, with social purpose and businesses doing good and great cause marketing and great purpose and all of this sort of stuff. And when COVID-19 hit lots of examples, you know, related to COVID-19 came through. So yeah, we were adding that to the database and, and um, you know, tabbing it with a uh, flagging it with COVID-19. And then everyone started talking about these businesses doing this sort of stuff. So Mattel, um, you know, Fisher-Price, the toys yep. people, they've just launched a range of, um, of figures, dolls, mm -hmm. that are our first responder heroes. Oh, wow. And oh, all cool. profits from that go to first responder, uh, first responder cause. Yeah. Um, Accor have opened their hotel rooms to, um, to victims of domestic violence. 
and other people, other vulnerable people in the community because they've yes. got empty hotel rooms. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely, like... absolutely. And there are all these businesses doing good shit. Yeah. Who are rising to the challenge of COVID-19 and are looking at how they can use their business to do something and to make things better. And so DGS is my catch call, is my, you know, I catch call that. now. And, yep. and we've got the webpage there. Anybody can go to and look at all the examples to get inspiration from. Yeah. Um, so it's another example of visibility. And, and it's like, yeah, so I, I, I guess how do I get visible is, is um, or how do I approach it? It's, it's driven by my purpose. And visibility has to be a part of that if I care enough about what I want to achieve. Absolutely. And you've already touched on this a couple of times, but I was about to mention that naughty C word, um, and that's COVID-19. So we've seen, as you've mentioned, how other organisations and businesses have led with purpose and they've transitioned some of their offerings by looking at you know, what is happening right now, what the needs are in our communities and in our societies. Um, and you also mentioned transitioning some of um, your work into more of that small business arm once COVID-19 happened. So do you think that this COVID-19 situation has perhaps helped or hindered your business? Oh, my God. I, look, I, I think... I think it's helped. Yep. We don't know what, you know, how, where this is going, but, um, but I think it's helped because <sighs> so before this happened, I had a few small business people reach out to me and go, look, we want to do um, your workshop, but we don't have that kind of money. Would you consider doing a group workshop? So we actually, I had five businesses locked in and we were doing a workshop at the end of March and then this hit, so we stopped it all. Yeah. And a couple, well, I think it was three weeks into that, I thought, do you know what, I'm going to try and make this happen and see if there's interest and we'll, we'll just see what happens. And so three of them came in um, and paid to do a pilot program and I got two more to come in. And we did the first online group um, social purpose sweet spot program. And, um, and, you know, it was new format. We used Trello and Zoom, didn't know how it was going to be. And they were willing guinea pigs. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was brilliant. It was really, really good. And it just got me very excited to see that, I could deliver this to more people um, at a lower price remotely yeah, and deliver the same outcomes. So for me, that's a win. And we're now looking at rolling that out um, in the same way I've put my path to purpose program online and I'm looking at piloting uh, in a couple of months time the first group online path to purpose program. Amazing. So again, that makes it accessible. Yes. To smaller businesses or businesses that, you know, just have to be very careful with their budgets at the moment. Yeah. Um, and what I can see is I'm keeping them intimate at the moment because I want to make sure I deliver the value. 
but I can see that as a scalable opportunity. Yep. And, and for me, it's like, you know, my vision is to see more businesses being able to tap into the power of a really clear, um, powerful purpose. Yeah. And, um, and I don't want it to be limited by just me. So if I can productize that and give the magic formula for how it happens and get more people delivering it eventually, then that's how it might scale. Yeah. So it's kind of opened my eyes to what, what was just a very vague idea before to actually this is doable and I'm doing it now already. So, yeah. so, so yeah, for my business, I think it's been a good thing. And I think, you know, talking to lots of other people, I think it's been really good, you know, just to see how much more you can do. Absolutely. And we've all had to rethink the way that we do business and how it is that we help and support our people. And I think removing those barriers you know, whether that's a monetary barrier or a location barrier, you're able to help more people when it's not necessarily an in-person or, you know, physical session. Yeah. Um, and so your message can then reach, you know, far and wide and then organically that growth happens, that visibility happens and you're not in a state of, desperation or oh my goodness you know I'm, I'm in this situation at the moment it's about okay well I can still send out my message I can still you know run my business with that purpose but yeah it just removes a lot of those roadblocks yes. and similar to what you said a lot of the businesses that I've spoken to and business owners they've said to me Dawes this sounds really bad but I'm actually thankful and grateful that this situation happened because, you know, we feel like we've been kind of operating in a bit of a tunnel, like just this tunnel vision of a one-way street, whereas now we're like, okay, let's diversify what we're doing. Let's have a look at the different ways that we can help and serve who our audience or, you know, our people are. And it's kind of given them this growth that yeah. has just naturally evolved from a really shitty, bloody situation. And yeah. that's what it was. And we all kind of went through this, um, you know, we were fearful and we were scared and then we, we took action and then we made changes. And now I think we're in that reflective stage of going, okay, we look like we might be coming out of this and we, we're looking at it from a more positive you know, perspective in that in Australia and in New Zealand, um, we haven't seen it really impact us as, as to the degree that it has overseas yeah. and in the US. So I think we've come out of it um, in, in a good shape. Yes, of course, there have been, you know, people that haven't, but overall, the overall look of it is lots of change has happened and, the way we move forward is definitely different from how we walked into it. Yes. And so for so many people, it's been a good thing and a positive yeah. thing because it has given us that opportunity to reflect and also work 
on our businesses rather than in our businesses. Yes. So absolutely. We were, yeah, we were those hamsters that were just, you know, going, 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 going and working, you know, in it. Whereas we've had the opportunity to go, you know what? We actually need to take some time to revisit our goals, our vision. What is our mission? What is what is it that we actually stand for? Um, yeah. And I, and I think a big part of that is reimagining like reimagining what our business can be, yeah. um, not just to the world, but for, for ourselves, because don't underestimate the fulfilment that it creates when you've got something that is really meaningful and, you know, you're, you're delivering your products and services, but it's in service to a higher purpose. Um, and one that you know actually does make a tangible difference, like it actually creates impact. It's it's just much more mean. It changes everything. It, it changes does change. everything, Doors. And yep. it's it's like if we can use this opportunity to reimagine what our businesses can be and what the world could look like if we could replicate that, then that's that's really exciting. Absolutely. Now, our listeners are in for another treat because um, you've mentioned to me that they can access a strategy session with you. So yes. could you tell me, yeah, a little bit yeah. more about that and how our listeners can actually get involved? Yes. So, um, so um, I'm offering a free 45-minute strategy session. So yeah. that is, um, you know, we'll, we'll use it however they want to use it, but it's really understanding where their business is, particularly during this time, what their challenges are and how, you know, how a social purpose or a purpose-led approach may be able to help them solve some of those challenges Love and it. what they can do, what action they can take to actually start that now. Um, so that's the strategy session. And then if, um, if your listeners mm -hmm. book into that session yeah. um, and I can provide you with the link, um, I'd like to gift them a free copy of my book, Path to Purpose, uh, which I'll send to them. So it's a physical book and I'll, I'll, pop it in the mail to them. That is amazing. Fantastic. And as Carolyn mentioned, um, you can pop on over. So I'm going to put the links to all of those amazing references and opportunities um, underneath the podcast on the website. Um, but you can also reach Carolyn at thecauseeffect.com.au. Um, and as you mentioned, you've also got access to your book which is uh, pathtopurpose.com.au but again all of those links and even links to your social profiles um, like Facebook and LinkedIn I'll pop them underneath and so our listeners can absolutely get in touch and you know have that strategy session with you I'm booking in so you can already oh, list me cool. <laughs> awesome jumping onto that link and doing that because I think there is so much gold and so much value in working with purpose and it does change everything that you do and it makes you look at things from a, a different angle and a different perspective and yes takes you on a on a new path um with lots of value for yourself, but also who you serve, which I think is incredibly important. So, yeah. yeah and why not just DGS? That's it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Do good shit. <laughs>
<laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been incredibly um, valuable. And again, I know the listeners would have taken away so many gold nuggets from this. So I really appreciate your time that you've taken to spend that with me today. And, and I'm really grateful for you inviting me here and giving me a platform to try and get more people, you know, to join this movement. And I really appreciate it. So awesome. thank you, Dawes. You are very welcome. And I look forward to continuing our gorgeous cuddles um, and our catch-ups as well. So, yeah, excellent. Thank you so much, Carolyn. It's a pleasure. Thanks, thank Dawes. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening today and making time to tune in. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a review and some feedback. If you'd like to learn more about me or my services, you can find me at doreenbrown.com.au with links to social profiles so you can connect with me on there as well. Well, that's it from me today. So see you next time for the next instalment of Let's Get Visible. Thank <laughs> you.